I want you to go back to Genesis 14. We're going to talk about how to turn uh, that key for supernatural increase. Go ahead and shout it out if you believe in supernatural increase. Anybody here? And that just simply means that you're not bound to what you can do, what your flesh can do, what the government can do, what your employer can do, what people can do. There is a God, and He increases His people supernaturally. Now, we do things in the natural, and we should do things in the natural. How many know if you're not going to work, you're not going to eat? You don't provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel, so you don't sit back, you know, saying, Hallelujah, Shondi, see my bow tie, and God's going to do everything. But there is a dimension here that goes way beyond what you can do in the natural. And we need to understand how to tap into that consistently. Just real quickly in uh, Genesis 14, verse 18, Abraham had just come back and rescued Lot. A mighty uh, deliverance from the kings that arrayed against him. And it says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed Abram, saying... Now, we know that this Melchizedek uh, foreshadows who our Lord is. And when we give, as Tim said, uh, we tithe not to a building, not to an organization, but to the Lord Himself. He is our high priest. Aren't you glad that Jesus is on the job? I said, aren't you glad He's on the job? He's our high priest, but He also ministers things to us like restoration and healing and provision and the miraculous power of God. And the Scripture says... And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, Creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hands. Now watch this. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. He said what? Then Abram gave him a tenth of what? Everything. Now I want to point out to you here that Abraham didn't tithe, and then he was blessed. He was blessed, and because he was blessed, he tithed. George Pearson says in the very, very powerful pastor of Eagle Mountain Church International, he said that uh, your tithe, your soul, your seed is not a donation. It's a transaction. I want you to say that with me. My tithe is not a donation. If all it is to you is a donation, then you have put it in the bucket, and that's it. That's the end of it. You might get some tax credit. It may not be worth anything, depending on who's in power next year. If all it is is just money moved from your pocket into a charitable organization, then that's all it is to you. But the reality is it's not a donation. It's a supernatural transaction. And it didn't start with us. I didn't love God, and then he turned around and loved me. We love him because he what? first loved us. He forgave us and we respond to that restoration and that grace. And it's the same way here. We actually tithe because he has blessed us. And on the back end of that, by tithing, he continues to increase and minister blessing to us. It's important you see how this works. At least you think that somebody is purchasing some kind of blessing from God. That's not how it works. It has always been God's idea to bless you as a child of God. From Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28 to the present day, it has always been his will, and Genesis 14 backs that up. The question is, how do we tithe properly? We talked about last week that tithing is not some Old Testament commandment. Tithing is actually a revelation from God. In this chapter 14, Abram actually tithed 430 years or so before the law. 
Then his grandson Jacob promised that when they went into the land for as a perpetual commitment to God, they would tithe throughout their history. And you know, this day, it is still taught to little Jewish girls and boys, you will tithe according to the revelation that God gave our father Abraham. Why do I say this? Because no matter of preaching, no matter of pushing, no matter of arm twisting, no matter of manipulation by man can get you to do anything consistently in the things of God until you have what? A revelation on it. You have to have a personal revelation. This has nothing to do with the law. The law came after the revelation and put some things in order for the Jewish nation. But you and I are not subject to the law. We're subject to the revelation. Do you see this today? You have a revelation that Jesus is the Christ? Hallelujah. You live according to that revelation. How many are glad you got a revelation at some point that Jesus is a healer? That he's a restorer? That he's a deliverer? Yes, he's amazing to us, but the revelation of the tithe is to tap into a supernatural ability of increase that you couldn't do on your own, but you're not going to get this because somebody put up some command somewhere. Now listen carefully, you get the revelation, it's easy to flow with what the, whatever you have a revelation on. It's difficult when there's no revelation there. So in terms of teaching on this principle, I want you to believe God to give you a greater revelation on the tithe than you've ever had in your life. In fact, just lift up your hand at your home right here in the building and say, in Jesus' name, reveal to me greater revelation on the tithe than I've ever had in my entire life. Because if all it is is something you sign on a commitment card for membership, if all it is is something you think man expects of you, you're missing out on a tremendous blessing from God. The tithe is actually a mechanism to bless God's people, not take from his people. How many know that God is not broke and doesn't need anything you have? Let me say it again. God is not broke and doesn't need anything you have. What he wants is you. The problem is you are attached to, many people are attached to their position of money and their position of stuff. And when we are ready to honor God that way, it shows him a lot about that relationship that we have, you know, with him, what's really important. Come on, say it, it's a revelation. It's not an Old Testament law. Now, uh, Matthew 23, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you know, you tithe off of everything, but you forgot the weightier matters of the law, like justice and mercy, etc. He said, you should be doing both of those things. So say this to me, I should walk in love, but I should also be a tither. Now, who said those things? Jesus did. You ought to keep the former and practice the latter. It's not love and justice or tithe. It is making the tithe something you're just as consistent at as if you were loving God and loving his people, keeping the greatest command of all. Say it one more time, it's a revelation. The blessing has been passed down all this time through generations. How many glad it's still real? Turn to somebody and say there's something on you. Come on, I can see it. Say there's something on you, and it's the blessing. It's the empowerment to succeed, to excel, to increase, to have longevity, to bear much fruit from Genesis 1.26 to 2021. The blessing is still available. It's still here. The blessing has been passed down. Watch this. So has the tithe. 
I can tell you, for example, how blessed you are. I can tell you how, how great God's love is towards you. I can tell you he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people, which is what Scripture says. In other words, when, you, when it goes well for you, it pleases God. I can tell you everything I've ever heard about or known about the blessing, but if you don't have revelation on the blessing, you're dead in the water spiritually. The blessing has been passed down, you must have a revelation of it. And the tithe has been passed down, but you also must have a revelation of it. It's not about law because Abraham received it by revelation. Jesus reinforced that revelation for you and for me. And now what we need to do is get that personal revelation ourselves, that, that personal understanding about what this is all about. For too many people, it's just sheepishly stick something in a little horrid wooden box in the back of the church or plunking something in a bucket when it goes by. No, you need a revelation of how powerful this thing actually is. And for those that say, oh, I just don't like preachers talking about money, we're not talking about money, we're talking about revelation. We're talking about a revelation that a hard place can deliver you. A revelation that can actually bring you back to life. A revelation that can shield you from the best the enemy has and the worst he has to throw at you. We're talking about something that transcends just coinage and checks and transactions through some processor somewhere out there in the e-world. It's a revelation. So what I want to do today is just remind you that uh, tithing is, according to the Word of God, is done in a very specific way. And there's a reason for that. It's not just, here comes a bucket, so, you know, you know, prepare an envelope and a check and throw it in there, let's move on about our, our day. It's actually a form of worship. I want you to write that down. It's a form of worship for the Lord who has bought you and saved you and delivered you. But I want you to see over in Deuteronomy 26, because uh, this will actually give you revelation on, on how you turn the key. Everybody say it, I need to turn the key. Well, how do you turn the key? How do I actually do this in terms of my understanding and, and to receive and walk in all the benefits and the rights of the tither? Turn to somebody and say, tithers have rights. Well, if tithers have rights, what if people won't tithe on the revelation? They're limiting their ability to tap into the good things that God has for you as a child of God. Uh, in other words, God's not limiting us, we're limiting him. Amen. In fact, that's what he said in the Old Testament. My people have limited me. They vexed me as the Holy One of Israel. How do we vex God? By limiting him. Turn to somebody and say, let God do everything he wants to do in your life. Come on, tell him, let God do everything he wants to do in your life. You know what I want? I want everything God has for me. I want everything God has for this church. God has much for you. I said, God has much for you. Do you know that God is about to deposit dreams into the hearts of the people in this church like you've never had dreams before? I'm not talking about the one where you had pizza the night before and had a dream. I'm talking about life-changing direction and guidance with supernatural power attached to it. That all along the way, he's guiding you, leading you, and bringing that thing to pass. Hallelujah. I hadn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man, but God has prepared for those that love him. But how do we have Revelation. By his spirit, he reveals these things to us. Folks, somebody and tell them, God has good things in store for you. Turn to somebody else and say, you're not just here sucking up air. You actually matter. 
Well, I don't matter. I just happen to be born. Here I am in this generation. You are not an accident. Well, let me rephrase that. Most of you are accidents. I found out I was an accident, but not to God. That's why if you were born out of wedlock or if a single mother and whatever, uh, you shouldn't go around saying, well, I was an accident. I don't matter. I'm illegitimate. Most people don't plan their kids. Some do. Some are completely OCD. That's another sermon. <laughs> but most people don't say, today on this date we're going to have one. That may be trying because of fertility issues, you get the point. The bottom line is there's something more powerful than the will of your parents that brought you here. And that's why with every breath I have, I will defend the right of the unborn to live out that purpose. Don't care who's in office. Don't care how politically correct it is. Don't care what other people think. Don't care if they try to cancel me. You're not here by accident. And God has blessed you. And because of that blessing, we say, God, how then do I act like my father Abraham? He, after all, he's the father of faith. How many want to meet him one day? Run into the Lord and the apostles and one day run into Abraham. The revelation that you got long before the Holy Ghost was poured out, long before the scriptures were given. How in the world? Explain to me what was it in the goodness of God in your life that you received these life-changing revelations like the blessing and the tithe and the fact you said that God would provide. When you're marching your son up to the hill there, up the mountain to offer him as a sacrifice, and your heart says God will provide if he doesn't or raise him back from the dead. Tell me, Father Abraham, how did you get to that place? What an interesting conversation that would be. I bet you his seminars in heaven right now are filled to the gills. There ought to be something inside of you that says, you know what, he was on to something. He was on to something when it came to the blessing. He was on to something when it came to the tithe. And what happened is the law followed up that revelation with some prescription for the Jewish people. And inside that prescription in Deuteronomy 26 is some very powerful revelation for you and for me. So turn there. And let's read through a portion of this. And let me just show you how to turn that key today. Turn to somebody and tell them, turn the key. Tithe the tithe. You don't just give money, that's not tithing. You just don't throw something in the bucket, that's not tithing. You just don't get online and do something, that's not tithing. Tithing is done in a prescribed way by revelation. I don't want you to see this today. If you're where I'm at, say amen. Deuteronomy 26, verse 1. When you've entered the land the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in, in other words, God has been good to you, the promise has been made, and now you're walking in the promise. Take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord God has given you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at that time. Now notice what he's doing. They're gathering up the tithe and they're bringing it at the place where God calls his name. A place for his presence is a place for his name. That's why we teach to this day that the storehouse is the local church. It's great if you support other ministries, but make sure you're bringing the tithe into the storehouse so that there might be meat. That's where there is a distribution. That is the first point of contact in terms of the blessing. Listen, we just don't receive a tithe. Listen, when it's prayed over, it's blessed. 
And the giver is what? Is blessed. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at that time. Now write this down. The first principle for tithing the tithe, turning the key, is that you tithe with words. Write it down. You tithe with words. If you're just tithing with funds, you're missing it. Tithing is not just about funds. It's also about faith. You're actually speaking words when you tithe. And I can't make you do this, you know, but uh, whether you're doing it at home or doing it online or doing it here in church when that bucket passes physically, you've got to get in the habit of start saying something when you tithe. And I don't mean, oh, here comes a bucket again. Can I have at least another amen? amen? Oh, me, here it comes. Or duck. Or when you perceive the offering time, I think I need to go to the restroom. <laughs> or I'm surely I'm late for something. And I should leave right now before the offer at the end of the church service is taken. I should just skedaddle. Boy, are you missing out on the revelation of God. You plan your reactions around that. You're missing it. So it's not those kinds of things that you say. It's not that kind of reaction. It's specifically things that you would see here that are similar in faith and content. And say to the priest in office at the time, how many are glad Jesus is always in office? He's a priest forever. I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our forefathers to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall declare before the Lord your God. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about here in just a moment. Say it with me. Faith and words. I tithe with words. Why is this little portion really significant? Let me explain this to you. Yes, you honor God and release faith when you physically tithe, but the first point of the release of your faith is with your words. You will never, ever, ever, ever hear me diminish the importance of words in your faith life. Faith has to be in your heart, and where else? Where else? In your mouth. Say it with me. I tithe with words. In other words, I'm going to declare something when I make that tithe. I'm going to declare something when I actually pull that lever. That's incredibly important. Too many Christians have been just taught tithing is equal to putting money in a bucket or sending it somewhere. No, the tithing concept involves first and foremost faith-filled words. Are you here today? Say it with me. I release my faith over the tithe with my words, not grumbling, not complaining, not murmuring, not getting into fear. Well, if I tithe, then what about this? No, you just make up your mind that your confession is going to be consistent with the word, and it's going to be positive. It's going to be a declaration because we first tithe with our words. Number two, write this down. We tithe with remembrance. We tithe with remembrance. Say that with me, remembrance. Listen to what he says here. My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, a powerful and numerous. 
But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, putting us to hard labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, O Lord, have given me. I place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. And you and the Levites and the aliens among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. Do you see the revelation here? First principle is I tithe with words. The second principle is I tithe with remembrance. What is he saying here? He's saying is when you're tithing, you're recalling the goodness of God in your own life. Now, you know, that story with David and Sharon, that's not just a tack on to the service today. If you had a bucket in front of me and I had a tithe envelope in my hand, and this is just as an example. If I'm David, I can say what? Oh God, you've been good to me. You see this? He's sitting there in the chair and he can say, Lord, uh, almost a year ago, I was dead. And you, oh God, raised me up to life in victory. Do you see this? The principle here is that you tithe with remembrance, you remember what God has done for you. It is true that Israel was brought out of Egypt, they were laden with gold and silver, not a feeble one among them. God brought them out, delivered them from their enemies, brought them into the promised land. But I am telling you that every person in this room and everybody watching online, God has brought you out of your own Egypt. And when you're tithing, you should bring that to your remembrance. This is what you did. I'm not tithing so that you will do. I'm tithing because you did. Do you see this? Every person has a story. Tracy can approach that bucket with the envelope in his hand, and he can say, oh, God, I was facing a third strike. Am I right about it? And I was undone without God and without you. But you came in and invaded my life and gave me counsel and gave me help and gave me support. I tithe the tithe, not so that you will do. I tithe the tithe because, hallelujah, with God it's not three strikes and you're out. Do you see the principle? We've got it upside down and just completely misconstrued what God is trying to say. He told them, tithe of words and tithe with remembrance, raise your hand if you know God brought you out of your own Egypt. You can remember what he did, and he's still doing it. Every story is different in the details, but it's the same in the spirit. You wouldn't be here if he hadn't have brought you out. So when you're tithing, you're remembering. Look what you did. How could I not in turn, do what Father Abraham did. Abraham's thinking, not only did you give us good success against these evil kings, you have given us everything that I have. That's one of the things he told the, one of those pagans. I'm not taking a thing from you. It's not going to be said that you made Abram rich. Hallelujah. But you're going to see it in his heart. Hallelujah. If I'm Bill Barger, you know what? I'm thinking to myself, oh God, I was just working on a job in the middle of heaven's gates and hell's flames. 
on Tuesday afternoon, I had a massive stroke. And nobody gave me much hope but God. Do you see this? Everybody has their own remembrance. Everybody has their own Egypt. And Lord, I tie this time, hallelujah, and I'm coming back in Jesus' name. And I'm getting back all my strength in Jesus' name. And I'm getting back all of my vocabulary in Jesus' name. My mind's going to be sharper than it's ever been. I'm going to speak for you for the glory of God. You brought me out of my own Egypt. You tithe with words to release your faith. And you tithe with remembrance. How many are real clear about your own story? I think about my mom. Hi, mom. (laughs) She could say, Lord, oldest daughter of four, surviving an alcoholic father, and all the devil tried to do to hold me back. Then I met this man named Arthur. Aren't they cool? Y'all say that. Say, y'all are cool. (laughs) <laughs> and, then, and then you gave me four wonderful kids, especially the youngest. <laughs> Is this clicking with you today? Come on, say, it's revelation. Oh, I'm a tithe, so I can get God to do all this good stuff. Let me give you the 401. He's already done it. And the principle of Deuteronomy 26 is I remember I remember the bondage. I remember what the Egyptians did. I remember the hardship. I remember the lack. I remember the mistreatment. But I remember you raising up a man of God and leading us out. You opened up the sea. We walked across on dry land. And then the dummies thought they would follow us. And the entire Egyptian army was swallowed up by the sea. Lord, you did this. And I tithe in remembrance of what you have done. Come on, say it. I have a story. Come on, say to you, I have a story of what God has done. I tithe with words to release my faith. I tithe with remembrance to honor him for what he has done. He's done a lot, hasn't he? Come on, turn to somebody and say, God has been so good to me. See, I know because I'm in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Say it, I tithe with words. I tithe with remembrance. Glory to God. I think, Sharon, that I would just ram that story down the devil's throat every time I gave. The devil would be, look out, here it comes again. God getting more praise, getting more honor out of this. If many of you were there that Wednesday night, and I do the same thing. That's our corporate story. And the story hasn't been written completely yet, has it, church? What God has in store for you. It's awesome. Number three, you tithe with substance. Write that down. You tithe with substance. The scripture goes on to say, for, for time's sake, you read it, but you'll find out it speaks of the year of the tithe. But again, you're talking about the law here versus the revelation. For people of faith like Abraham, there's not a year of the tithe because he wasn't given because of a law in the year of the tithe. Uh, I'm so thankful that there's not a, a year of atonement or day of atonement for us anymore. Amen? Watch this. 
on the Day of Atonement, there would be sacrifices for the sins for the people. So their sin would be covered so they wouldn't be destroyed. But watch this. God just doesn't deal with covering your sin. He obliterates the consciousness of it, the penalty of it. Right? And it's not, you know, one day of the year. It's every day you need it. I'm glad there's not a certain healing day. We do talk about jubilee and it has spiritual implication for us as a people of God. But guess what? Jesus is my jubilee. I don't have to wait 50 years, 49 years, 7 years for what? For the anointing of God, Luke 4, that destroys the yoke. You see this. So what's, the principle is, you give me substance and increase, I'm going to honor you with the tithe. And it's far beyond just money and stuff. It's the principle of recognizing who's doing this in your life. Come on, say it with me. Every paycheck, every birthday card from grandma, every increase, every raise, every inheritance, God is behind it all. Amen. And so I tithe with the substance. Write this down. The first thin dime of every dollar is your starting point. Not by law, by revelation. Those of you that have been doing this a long time have found out that that's just the starting point. God may just begin to direct you to do 11% or 12% or 50%. Uh, You've heard the story, and I've told it, of the people that uh, founded Curves. They were multimillionaires before they started that business and lost everything they had. Got right with God, decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to honor God this time. We're going to live right before us, guys. We're going to tithe. And here's what they decided to do. Now, how many understand it's revelation? So if you walk out of here and saying, you know, if they preach it, oh, Barbara Church, they preach it, you should give 90% of your income. <laughs> Can you believe that? Don't say stupid stuff like that. <laughs> Amen? Most pastors aren't shooting for 90%. They'd be thrilled if they get 1% from some people. Moving right along. <laughs> I'm saying that they had a revelation that they're going to live differently than the 10% foundation. And they began to sow and invest. And you know what happened to them? They couldn't give it and sow it fast enough. God still bless their socks off. That's what? That's revelation. Could God take some people in this church there one day? I say, could God take you there? Not if you don't have a revelation of the tithe to begin with. You certainly aren't going to have a revelation of 90%. This has caught on in the body of Christ. Other people have done it found it the same thing. God blessed their socks off profusely. But that foundational substance amount is something that you have a revelation about. Why 10%? You'll have to take it up with God and what he revealed to Abraham. But we know that that is the foundation. And we know that it is a foundation that honors God when we actually yield to it. What does Deuteronomy 26 really tell us? It tells us that we're purposeful in our tithing. Deliberate, on purpose, with great honor and respect for God. Not just you know, sloughing through the thing because it's just part of the formality of being a part of a church or whatever. No, it is your opportunity to increase. Amen? Supernaturally. Say it, I tithe with my words. I tithe with my remembrance. I tithe 
with my substance. Number four, I tithe with my honor. You read on in the scripture, you'll find out that they say, you know, Lord, we have done exactly what we're supposed to do. We have been blessed by you, and we recognize it's your hand. In fact, I just want you to pick up the, the, the portion here with me. Verse 12, when you finish setting aside a tenth of all your produce in the third year, the year of the tithe, you shall give it to the Levite, the alien, the fatherless, the widow, so that they may eat in your towns and be satisfied. Then say to the Lord your God, I have removed from my house the sacred portion, I have given it to the Levite, the alien, the fatherless, the widow, according to all your commands. I have not turned aside from your commands, nor have I forgotten any of them. I have not eaten any of the sacred portion while I was in mourning, nor have I removed any of it while it was unclean, nor have I offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the Lord my God. I have done everything you commanded me. Everybody say amen. amen. This is really so simple we can stumble over it, but tithing is really an honor issue. Amen. More than anybody that will ever live more than any situation, no matter where I go or what I do, God is the one to be supremely honored. And the Bible says, if you honor God, what will happen? He'll honor you. Honor is reflected by action. Say that with me, honor is reflected by action. This writer here, who has given this prescription on principles for tithing. You honor him when you've done what you're supposed to do. Does that make sense? So let's say that, that today was your payday, or this week was your payday, and that bucket came by. Now I realize right now a lot of you are thinking, I didn't do any of this today when I gave, or didn't do any of this last week. Why do you think we teach this? Come on, talk to me, church. Why do we think we break the Word of God down? Not because it's about condemnation. If we knew everything, we wouldn't have to be here. God would just take us on out of here. We're perfect. <laughs> but you ought to be able to say, whether it's electronic, physical, whatever it is, as you do it, God, I have done everything that you have told me to do. Now watch this. For you could be the tithe, for you could be more than the tithe. The foundation is the tithe. I'm telling you to be able to walk out of a service or receive that electronic deposit and then immediately go to a website and, and conduct that thing and be able to say, I thank you, Lord, what you've done. I'm releasing my words. I remember what you did for me. And even tell he knows the story, but how you know it doesn't hurt to repeat it. And you tell the story right there over that computer. And you give him that substance. And then you say, Lord, I have done what you have asked me to do. It is powerful. It puts you in a confident place. God is not a man that he should lie. And if you honor him, he will honor you. Do you see this? Come on, say it with me. I did everything you told me to do. I told Kelly, I said, you know, I wish I knew this, this when I was 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. I just wish I had some of that revelation. You could say the same thing, too. But how many know it's not what I didn't have when I'm 11 or 12, it's what I have now, what am I doing with it? 
I didn't have the revelation then. And I haven't perfected it, but you know what? I'm getting there. And to be able to say when you hit that button, that sin button, or you put it in the, in the bucket, whatever it is, whatever me- and the mechanism is not holy. The honor is what's holy. I've done what you have told me to do. There is a faith-building confidence that comes. Amen. Hallelujah. From knowing you've done everything he told you to do. Glory to God. How many wouldn't mind being that 90% person? Can he do it? Sure, he can do it. How do I get that? By revelation, the same way you have revelation on the foundation. Now, read on with me. Look down from heaven, your holy dwelling place, watch this, and bless your people Israel and the land you've given us as you promised promised an oath to our forefathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. Watch this. God blessed us. We respond by what? Tithing. That he turns around and does what? Blesses us all the more. Come on, let's say it together. God blessed us. We respond by tithing. He responds by blessing us all the more. What's the fifth principle, Pastor? Tithe with expectation. Tithe with expectation. Let me say it again. Tithe with expectation. That's why the person with grudging heart and and lousy attitude, they're not expecting anything. They're expecting that that's loss in their life, not gain. Hallelujah. He blessed me, so I respond with the tithe. And he turns right around and he blesses me again and again and again and again. As he increases you all the more, say supernaturally, you continue to honor him and he continues to do what? I ask you a simple question. Those of you who know anything at all about the Jewish nation, has God not blessed that nation? But when did it start? It didn't start with them tithing. It started with God's blessing. Hallelujah. I'd rather see the United States government give the billions of dollars it's not given to international countries to fund abortion. I'd rather see them give that and invest that in people who are really hurting or in need. Turn it over to the kingdom of God and see what God would do with this nation. Amen. With expectation. What should I expect? Every single tither's right there is. Every single one of them. Without apology. When you study the scriptures of those that have tithe and honor God, you begin to develop a list of things that the tithers should expect in their life. It's pretty marvelous when you think about it. Can you see how lame it is that all our, the limit of our revelation is the church wants my money? If that's the limit of your revelation. That's the limit of your expectation. That's the limit 
of your rights. All it is is a transaction, to, all it is is a donation to you, not a heavenly transaction, not a spiritual transaction, not a supernatural transaction. It's just a donation. Hallelujah. When you get your report from church, just don't say, well, there's my donation report. No, that's my history of honoring God. Huh? That's my tr heavenly transaction record. Well, Pastor, there's nothing on mine. Well, brand new year. Amen. Come on, shout out. I repent. And I'm starting again. In Jesus' name. Is it that simple? It is for God's people. Amen. Hallelujah. How do you tithe? Say, it. I tithe. With faith filled words. I tithe. With remembrance. I tithe. With substance. I tithe with honor. I tithe with expectation. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it with me. There are tithers' rights. Come on, shout out. I want to know what they are. Come on, say it. I want to know what my rights are. I mean, you should know what the Bill of Rights are. You should know that you have the right to free speech even if Nancy Pelosi doesn't think so. Amen. Oh, I'm fixing to get myself in all kinds of trouble in the next couple of months. Let me all pray for me. I'm about to petition Senator Rand Paul to Revise the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Title VII, to include those with different political ideologies and philosophies will still be protected under Title VII. That means if you come out as a conservative, you can't be fired or denied a job. Just like you can't deny somebody who's of a certain skin color, background, culture, creed, religion. Add this to Title VII, and all of a sudden it becomes civilly liable if somebody denies you a job because you happen to be a conservative. Universities have gotten away with this now for 50, 60, 70 years, and it's time to be held accountable. You cannot block somebody or fire somebody because of their philosophy or ideology. It should be protected under the law. Rand Paul's just crazy enough to do it. Are you here today? Why is that important? It's a constitutional right. We shouldn't have to add it to the Civil Rights Act. But some people need the bouncing ball. Amen. I'm excited about the possibility. That once again, people can... Freely engage in discourse without fear of retribution or being canceled by some idiot somewhere. Amen. It's, it's absolutely a pandemic right now around the world. If you don't line up, well, I think you should believe and say that I'm going to take you out. Can I show you how dumb that is? If you were to get me to speak in anti-God, anti-creation, pro-abortion, leftist agenda, if you could get me to speak that, 
or keep me from saying something on the other spectrum, that doesn't mean you changed my heart. All you did was change my mouth. You can't legislate the heart. Hallelujah. I just think he's crazy enough to put it on the floor. Amen. And then watch Democrats oppose a civil rights action. I want to see that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ooh, I'm quickly moving away from my sermon today, but just wanted to encourage you that just like you have a Bill of Rights, right to free speech, right to assembly, don't need the court to tell me I can come to church. Constitution tells me I can come to church. Says I can I can bear arms. Not so I can go hunting. That's not why that's there. Why do you need a magazine to go hunting? Because that's not what it's for. It's for despots and those in tyranny working against this nation's interests. Hallelujah. And Kentucky's uh, obviously a believer in that. Well, I don't like guns. Well, you're perfectly right not to like them. I don't want to purchase them. You're perfectly right not to. But it's still in there. Do you know that you can have a right and then not make a demand on it? You don't care about it, and you won't speak up if somebody tramples on it. But there was a woman named Rosa Parks. And she actually believed what the Emancipation Proclamation said, and she actually believed in the Civil Rights Movement and what it meant, and make a difference if not all the people got the memo or not. And so when she was told to move from her seat, you know what she said? I know what my rights are. And I shall not be, I shall not be moved. And here he is now, and we're still talking about Sister Rosa Parks. The right doesn't mean anything if you don't make a demand on it. Amen. And you have tithers' rights. Now, look at somebody and say, I want to know what every single one of them are. Come on, say, there are nine of them. Nine of them. Nine of them. And you don't get them until next week. I come back. Hallelujah. <laughs> come on, give the Lord a big hand clap and let's thank him today.